Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. A warm and Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas. Because you guys with myself, Greg Eats Peterson. Now part of the Peace and Family Podcast. And we've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. In segment number two, we're going to be joined by Justin Perry. He does a great job over at Jock Quality Bets. I'm going to be asking him a little bit about the bracket itself. Some of the teams that he thinks maybe got a little bit overseeded. Some of the teams that he thinks got a little bit underseeded. We're going to be talking a lot about sides. But I'm also going to bring with up with him the question of totals because we did see right around 55% of games from championship week last week go under the total. Can we expect a little bit more of that this week? I think his answer is going to be very fascinating on that front. We're also going to be asking him about a few first round games that he thinks are going to be very interesting. We're also going to be talking about why your bets should be a little bit different from your bracket as well. So we're going to have a nice wide ranging chat with Justin in segment number two. In the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game, both NCAA tournament and NIT and a little something I like to call bank shots. So we are going to be serving the lesser tournaments as well because while the NCAA tournament is the most rambunctious of the tournaments, there's plenty of money to be made in the NIT. And those of you guys that saw the spreadsheet, you know that I've got some nice differentials with regards to these NIT games. So we're going to give you guys all of those. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what I have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnn underscore one Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please to send these into the timeline. The other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And interestingly, the main questions I got in today are involving the NIT, taking a look at motivational spots, what have you, because I know that there are some out there that say that the teams that miss the NCAA tournament narrowly, they're feeling sorry for themselves. There are others that say, man, you know, these one seeds in their conference tournament not being able to get it done, they're the ones that feel sorry for themselves. And when it comes down to it for me, I do think that it's a little bit of a case-by-case basis because we saw with Texas A&M, they were one of the last teams out of the field last year. They go on a nice run into the NIT. You saw Xavier be one of those first few teams out as well, but with an interim coach, actually won the whole shebang. And then you saw two years ago, a bunch of players just opt out of the NIT. We had, even before that, Cal State Bakersfield make a run to the Final Four. So I do think that it's very situational when taking a look at motivation for a lot of these teams in the NIT. Typically, I default a little bit more to these mid-majors, though, just because if you've got a team like Rutgers, for example, and I'm just spitballing a team here, but you got to feel like they're pretty salty about not being in the NCAA tournament. They were looking like a rock-solid team throughout much of the season. The Muat Mag injury hits them, and boom, they go straight down the toilet bowl. A team like Oklahoma State, who was looking like a shoe-in for the NCAA tournament throughout much of the year. Them playing in the NIT, that's a little bit of a bummer. Meanwhile, you've got a one seed in their conference tournament like... Toledo, for instance, UAB is now in the NIT. They're probably feeling salty because Jordan Jelly Walker, if he would have been healthy all season long, they probably would be in the NCAA tournament. I think they've got a little bit of chip on their shoulder. I think that Toledo has a little bit of chip on their shoulder as well. And there are some of these teams that they get subbed from the NCAA tournament. They want to prove everyone out there wrong. You also have some of these teams as well that they don't give a rip. Now, fortunately, a lot of these teams just opt out of it. I'm looking at you, North 
North Carolina who thinks that you're too good for the NIT. So congratulations to you guys for being stuck up in that regard and not giving us basketball. But with that said, I do take a look at motivational spots in the NIT and it does sort of vary upon the situation, but I'll default a little bit more to that mid-major team being able to make a little bit more of a run, having a little bit more to prove rather than that power conference team in a lot of these circumstances. So not exclusive and always comes down to coaching as well. There are just some very good coaches that they could get their team motivated for a game of tiddlywinks and you've got other coaches that, well, they're a little bit lower energy. So hopefully that does answer your questions. And yes, do not neglect these tournaments. Although I will say, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on during the week. Looks like we're not getting the basketball classic this year. That got shut down after it was a calamity last year. So a little bit of sadness when we get the CBI in a little bit under a week. I'll be breaking down those games as well. But seems like we're getting the CBI and the NIT as your really added tournaments along with the NCAA tournament. And we've got to talk about that big tournament. And doing so with me next, Justin Perry. He does amazing work over at Chalk Quality Best. We're going to be taking a look at some of these first round matchups. We're going to be taking a look at teams that could be dangerous. Which one seat got the toughest path? I think many of you guys know the answer to that and so much more. So we're having a chat with our good friend Justin on the flip side right here on Coast to Coast Heaps with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Love you, Las Vegas, for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Eats Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by this man. He has joined me all season long. He's got a motto of sickos only, and I mean, it is so awesome to have this guy on because 
He is a man that is one of the hardest workers that you're going to find in this beer. It is Justin Perry. He does an amazing job over at Shock Quality and Shock Quality Bets. Taking a look at this game that we love in college basketball. He does a great job of putting numbers to what we are seeing out there on the court. And you're able to follow him on Twitter at Justin Perry, the number of eight for Shot Quality. That is at Shot underscore Quality. And then Shot Quality Bets, just at Shot Quality Bets all together. And Justin, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, it is always a pleasure. And, you know, it is maybe the one time of the year where we allow non-sickos to come and join us, right? But, uh, no, it has been a grind. We have been doing these shows. I've been over pleasure to join you every other week or so the whole season. It's been awesome to sort of see things come from the start, evaluating teams on what their season could be, to now saying how they match up against their first-round tournament foes. I take a look at what we got with the bracket, and I do think that the committee did a relatively rock-solid job. I don't know if you had any gripes with everything that we saw, but I do think that overall we're in for a really good field, and when it comes down to it, it's something that we've been talking about all season long. It feels like this is very much a matchup-by-matchup tournament. Certainly, I'm sure that you guys at Chalk Quality have a few teams that are ranked a little bit higher slash a little bit lower than their seeding, but I felt like this year more so than others, it was all based on the matchups, and when I take a look at it, on the one seeds, I think that the Purdue Boilermakers got by far the worst draw. Yeah, they did not get a great draw there. I mean, that's a dangerous 8-9 that they're going to have to run into between Memphis and FAU. going to be very exciting to see how that matchup goes, but I think either way, it's going to be tough. I mean, Purdue's going to definitely struggle against what Memphis can do, and then if FAU is through to that game, I think it's because they're continuing to shoot the ball lights out, and that's also going to be tough for how Purdue tries to limit opponents defensively. So very interested. I think the committee really has done a good job sticking teams against uh, you know one another in a way that creates some fun matchups for us to analyze. And yeah, this is exactly why what you've said all season stands true to this very day. You can't predict the NCAA tournament because, you know, you would hope Purdue gets an easier road. You would hope that entire, what, Midwest region is ridiculously stacked over there. It's just like no team has an easy way through, but like some are going to be able to, I guess, use their strengths a little bit more than others. And some are going to be countered by their competition a little bit more than others, which is what we kind of try to pinpoint. Yep, it is so important to be diving into all this. And when you take a look at a lot of these teams, which team do you feel like that might be outside the, let's call it top three seeds, is the most dangerous? And which one do you think could be able to make a little bit of a run based on the matchups that they have received? Because I did mention Purdue, and I do think that there's a lot of teams in that region that they could be able to come out. I take a look at the teams that, I hate to bring it up, but the teams that drew Big Ten foes and I just really don't have a lot of Big Ten teams advancing, and a lot of the upsets that I see are teams that are match up with Big Ten opponents in their first and second round games. Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting way to look at it. The issue, of course, you know, becomes how are you actually trying to play right now? Are we talking about spread betting? It's a little bit different than, you know, how you're going to pick a bracket, right? And, you know, are you p- picking a bracket to beat two people to your buddies or are you beating are you trying to beat like a thousand people right like all of that there's a lot of game theory to all of these i guess different games we play with money on the line but in terms of you know betting against the spread and, and taking teams to go far in the tournament i think there are definitely some some underseeded teams you know one team that stands out a lot on shot qualities numbers outside of that one, two, or three line is going to be San Diego State. Has some pretty nice value for us here. We actually just released our value bracket, which takes into account the market wide usage rates in selecting teams to win in, like, you know, the tournament challenges and the CBS challenges and all this stuff. And, you know, San Diego State ended up being one of our elite eight teams because of how underutilized they are so far in their corner of the bracket. And look, I don't think that's unfair. They definitely do have a bit of a difficult time, but people have them losing to Charleston and then maybe losing to Virginia or Furman. I just think this San Diego State team has a really good shot to make the second weekend out of their region and end up facing, you know, what's most likely going to be Alabama. But, you know, I don't know, Maryland and Virginia, I think are going to be sneaky. Don't take my word for it 100 percent. But I think, you know, Maryland is definitely the one team out of the Big Ten that I'm 
I feel okay with because they performed so well away from home. I do like that you bring up Maryland because I took a look at their defensive numbers. They're only giving up about one and a half points more per one hour possessions when they leave home. And they are the Big Ten team that I do think has a chance to be able to make a little bit of noise. I've got them getting past West Virginia. I do think that them being in an 8-9 matchup, that does lead to a little bit of doomsday when they have to go up against the number one seed. But I do think that they're a team that is very interesting. And out of those 8-9 matchups, is there any 8-9 matchup in general that you do think is one where you could see the winner being able to spring a upset of a one seed? Because the one that really stood out to me was that Memphis versus Florida Atlantic game because I think whoever wins that matchup is going to scare the daylights out of Purdue. Yeah, I agree. I tend to also think the West, the Arkansas-Illinois matchup winner there is probably going to be in decent form. That's a tough matchup for both teams. You know, Arkansas has the size. Illinois has the play at the rim still this season. Very effective at the hoop. But they're, they're not, look, Kansas, we've seen them play very well, but I think Kansas is a little bit overrated right now. And it's, again, it's not by much. We're talking about little bits and pieces here. But, like, you know, you go try to find a future for Kansas right now, and it's uh, it's definitely not the price you want to pay. I think you want a little bit of a better price. So, it, to me, that makes me feel like, all right, the market is a little too high on them, expecting them to, you know, win right now above 8%. And that's just a little high. I think that, you know, there's a couple teams here that seem really strong. But Kansas has a tough draw in the West. I mean, they have to go through one of Arkansas, Illinois, one of most likely St. Mary's and Yukon, and then after that, one of Gonzaga, TCU, Northwestern, Boise, or UCLA. So that's a, it's a tough road in the West. I think that's a crazy stacked side of this. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of stuff to consider, but I think outside of Memphis, who I do think also got a little underseated, I would say the West 8-9, the Arkansas Illinois matchup could pose more trouble than people expect. I do think that is going to be an interesting matchup as well, regardless of who comes out, because one thing I noticed with both of those teams as well, so pretty demonstrative home and road splits, both of those teams giving up north of 14 points more per one hour possessions when they leave home. So that is a little bit of an issue, but both of those teams, they certainly can be very dangerous if they're hitting shots. It's Justin Perry is joining me on the podcast. It's great work over at Chalk Quality Bets. And Justin, you hit on something very important. The fact that when you're filling out a bracket, you need to approach it a little bit different than how you approach bets. This is actually something that I hit upon on my podcast yesterday, but take me through your approach because I do think that when you're taking a look at your bracket, you can be a little bit more, shall we say, lenient with the teams that you are advancing through. Like if you take a 13 seed to the round of 32, they don't get there, but they're able to cover the spread. You know what? If you instead took the points instead of just a full-on money line, you were still able to get the win, and your bracket, it's not going to be suffering too much by missing out on one 13 seed that didn't get through, and then say the four seed gets knocked out in the round of 32. You're still relatively fine. So I think that that's an important moniker, maybe taking teams that you'd be taking the points with and advancing them in your bracket is a good approach. I'm not sure how you really gauge it, but I do think that those are some of the big differences for me. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not easy to figure out. I mean, there's there's so much that goes into some of these matchups, Greg, that it really comes down to using some of the data that we have in terms of, you know, shot quality, play type tendencies to figure out like where you're going to actually get that edge. I haven't actually made my bracket I'll say that. Today we spent a lot of the day making the value bracket that we generated through analyzing the percentage of fans who are picking various things to give people an edge in their like work groups and all that to try to have the sharpest picks against shot quality percentages. But like, you know, when you're making your bracket, there's a million things. And I think a lot of times coaching is actually something that you want to look into pretty heavily, maybe more so than like location or rest. I think coaching goes into it a lot. And then I also think like some situations, there's that curse with losing your first round of conference tournament play. You would expect if that is going to hold true, that we're not going to see a team like Iowa win. We're not going to see a team like Iowa State win. Uh, All these teams, Baylor lost in the first round of the Big 12 tournament or that first round that they played in the Big 12 tournament. So it's very interesting to consider all these things. I mean, you know, some people like to consult their favorite octopus to choose 
which colored post go forward. But uh, look, the best way to really dig into it is to try to fully understand like the team's goals, like what they're looking to do, not only in the tournament, but on the court. We have a lot of teams that are going to come in here to play. They just want to advance. If they're laying big numbers and they're new to the tournament or they haven't been here in a while or the coach hasn't been here in a while or the players aren't experienced, I feel a little bit different about laying numbers with inexperienced teams. Uh, you're not going to catch me on Alabama very much because they're one of the younger teams in this tournament. I just think it's going to be harder for them to kind of get it done. There's a lot of expectations. It's funny. We watch so much college basketball to get to this point. I feel like we always forget what this college basketball specifically is like, and it is nothing short of madness. And some years you may very well feel like closing your eyes and clicking on the screen could result in a more accurate bracket prediction than what you do if you know everything about the sport. It's the most fun time of the year, though, Greg. I mean, at the end of the day, these games really can go every which way. You have you know, the top 40 or so teams in the country dancing alongside some of the, you know, most deserving mid-majors from every conference who have a lot to play for, who, you know, maybe their opposition hasn't seen a lot of them, right? Like, how is a Duke team going to line up against an Oral Roberts team? How is, you know, a team like Kansas State going to go against Montana State? These are all very interesting questions. Is St. Mary's going to be blitzed by VCU's physicality? I don't know. There's definitely a lot of very interesting questions to be answered. And, the committee has put us in a position where we really get those questions answered about a lot of these power teams early on. The pro tip there is buy an octopus and have the octopus make all of your picks for you and you will never lose again in your bracket. But if you can't afford an octopus, the folks over there at Shock Quality Bets, they've got you covered as well. It's Justin Perry. He does amazing work over there. He's joining me on the podcast and we're going to talk so much about the spread. We're going to be talking so much about filling out brackets, list goes on and on, but how are you gauging totals for the NCAA tournament? Because I've been noticing quite a few totals moves with regards to the NCAA tournament, and I do think that it is very important to take a look at this aspect of things because we both know this. Overs have been hitting at a record rate in college basketball this year, but we did see last week right around 55% of games go under I'm not sure if you thought that this was a sign of things to come, but I certainly do. It's a tough one. I, I know we saw the unders, but I think you want to pick your matchups carefully with this stuff. Absolutely. I, you can't like go blind betting right now. I mean, maybe in the conference tournaments, at the beginning of the conference tournaments, it was a little bit easier because you had some of these leagues that let everybody into the tournaments. So you get these matchups between more deserving teams and just like the bottom of the barrel and, and those bad teams get shut out and, you know, don't make up their ground or carry their weight to the finish line and an over. So we saw a lot of totals go under, but the minute that you start to get into like the good teams, like the ones left, you definitely have chances for overs because, you know, the tournament time under factor is definitely in the lines already. You know, you're definitely not pulling a fast one over the bookmakers being like, oh, tournament time, time for unders. Like, no, these lines are well adjusted. Everything's cooked in. I think what you want to do is probably look for teams where, like, I guess you have, like, a worser team, like some of these 15, 16 seeds right now. Like, those are the games I feel like they could go under because those teams could just flat out struggle to score. You know, I've seen some sharp people go on team totals on the heavy favorites to go over rather than taking the game to go over. You know, that gives you a little bit of a middle position between them covering the spread and the total going over with like, all right, they just need to surpass a certain amount or maybe the opposite in taking some of the weaker teams to stay under their totals on the team total side. I think that's a really intriguing way to look at it without tying too much of the game result into it. But Yeah, I think you definitely want to go look at those top defensive teams that are going to lean on their ability to shut teams down. And then later in the tournament, I think you want to find balanced teams and take unders. But other than that, like when you have imbalances like later and you have two good teams that can still score, but one team's better, you know, you could get a pace for. And that's where I like overs and people that are just outscoring each other. Again, this is a, a lot still goes back to how these coaches like to play. How have teams played in certain scenarios against other certain tempo teams? Do they end up just getting into an open gym style shootout? Do they slow it down in the second half? If it's close, like, you know, you really want to study some of the behavior of these teams and these coaches to, you know, try to be able to predict, all right, you know, if VCU is losing 
by 15 early on in their in their first round matchup here, are they going to try to clamp it down or are they going to try to speed it up? And those are the types of questions that help you really figure out which side of a total you want, you want because you can sort of build the scenarios out and the likelihoods of them happening in your own head or with numbers, however you like to do it, and really get a, a balanced picture of, okay, the game goes this way, it's likely going to do this. If the game ends up going this way, though, okay, this team's going to slow it down and try to carve their way back in, while this team's just going to shoot from three, and if they don't hit you know, one of the first five, they're done. It's tough to do. It takes a lot of knowledge, but hopefully you have a nice data set to help you quantify the shots teams are taking. It's so important to be looking matchup by matchup. These games are going to be very intense. There's no question about it. And Justin, we are going to be seeing things get tipped off on Tuesday. Certainly not the biggest day of the NCAA tournament, but it is the first day of the NCAA tournament. And the NID gets started as well. Anything that you're going to be taking a look at for bets for Tuesday, whether that's the NCAA tournament or the NIT, by the way, rest in peace, basketball classic. Looks like we're not getting any of those games. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit slow, uh, you know, if you don't like the NIT and the CBI over the next couple of days. I think what we're probably looking at for the first four, I don't know what happened, honestly. Greg. I don't know if you saw this, but they opened Mississippi State at plus two, which I really felt like maybe someone just made a mistake on which direction they put the line in because across most books five 20 minutes later it was minus two uh and and we didn't really spend much time with the zero so i think i was able to catch that and i felt pretty lucky about it but i still do think mississippi state is going to be the one advancing out of that initial game here you know shot quality is also pretty big on this texas southern squad we have them as our top rated team in the swack despite their eight seed we were talking about having them winning on our shot quality bets podcast and it hit so we really think this texas southern team is still not getting talked about enough i actually laid the three and a half it's already down to two and a half but i feel pretty good about it fairly dickinson definitely could crumble in the, the nec might have been the worst conference in the history uh, of basketball <laughs> yeah it was it was atrocious so i'm definitely not trusting the nec you know this is supposed to be merrimack so you know maybe texas southern is going against a team that has nothing to lose but i still tend to think they get it done they've been playing pretty cohesively i like what i saw in the swag tournament way more than i did in the nec tournament and then the other one i really like i'm, I'm gonna take Arizona State to get by Nevada. I got minus one. I think that's a nice play. Nevada was the one team left out on most bracket matrix entries. Uh, Most people expected this spot to be going to Rutgers, which I fully agree with. I'm not too upset about it, though, because I have like a fantasy implication on Nevada. So I need a good game from a couple guys here before they likely depart the tournament. But I really do feel like Arizona State is getting past Nevada in this one. Should be a fun opening four in Dayton, but yeah, I don't even know what the other 16 game is. It's A&M Corpus Christi, right? And they're playing uh, Southeast Missouri State. Oh, that's a fun one. I probably lean SEMO, but I just couldn't do it. It should be Corpus Christi, right? They should come in and like have the size and Mushila is a really nice player that some teams are going to have trouble with. And But yeah, SEMO has that energy and the momentum, I think, to get it done staying away officially though yeah with southeast missouri state if they had kobe clark in the fold i'd be more mm-hmm. likely to be able to back them they just don't have a single guy that gives you north of five rebounds per game and i think that that is going to be a big issue against something i always look for in the ncaa tournament corpus christi top free throw shooting team in the ncaa tournament and a man that is one of the top sharp shooters whenever he joins this podcast and one of the top top sharp shooters in the industry in general that's you justin you and everyone else over there at Jock Quality do absolutely amazing work. This is your time of year, my friend. Let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Appreciate it, Greg. It is always a pleasure coming on the show, talking a little hoops. You know, baseball season's right around the corner, guys. Yes. It's, we are getting into some spring training vibes for me, myself. But yeah. While we're here in college basketball, we got a lot of great stuff going on. I mean, you can go to shopqualitybets.com slash March Madness right now to go check out our value bracket and our projections of every first round and first four game. So go ahead and check that out. Help your brackets get into the best position they can. See what other people are doing and how we're sort of leveraging against it. 
If you're in a big pool, this is definitely one of the better strategies to consider. Of course, we also have our model that has won over 130 units in the since you know the start of the season, did very well, almost 54% on a very high sample rate. We will have plays for every tournament. Uh, those are already out on the site as well. And follow us at Twitter. It's at Shock Quality Bets. And I'm Justin Perry 8. We do, you know, it's a lot of volume betting. It's a lot of fun and it's a lot of basketball. It is a lot of basketball, and it is a whole bundle of fun. Justin Perry does absolutely amazing work over there at Shot Quality and Shot Quality Bets. And every single time he joins this podcast, as you just heard, he always delivers great insights, and he is geared up for what is going to be a tremendous march. A big thanks to Justin for joining me on Coast to Coast. He's now part of the Beeson family of podcasts. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this college basketball season. as we have some big stuff. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like (sighs) being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade. With the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I'm right here above you, Las Vegas. For Coast to Coast with myself, Greg Eves Peters, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, 
Always a pleasure to get Justin Perry aboard. He does amazing work. Taking a look at the great game of basketball over there at Chalk Quality Bets. And has joined me all year long. Delivers absolutely amazing insights into all these teams. I mean, really, what Shot Quality does is quite incredible. Being able to put numbers in front of everything that we are seeing. So, always appreciate his efforts and always appreciate him joining the podcast. Big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis for every game on the betting board for this college basketball Tuesday as we hit some bank shots. Most financial establishments close at a certain time, but not here. It is time for a side and total on every game on today's betting board bank shots. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRSquarty1. It is going to be the NCAA tournament games first, and then for some reason, the order on the NIT games is a little bit, shall we say, hodgepodgey, but we are going to be going with the NIT games after that. So NCAA tournament games first, then the NIT. So let's get things started with my DK Nation write-up, 669-670 on the board. It is Texas A&M Corpus Christi doing battle with Southeast Missouri State out there in Dayton. It is Corpus Christi, three and a half to a four-point favor with your total between 155 and 156. I am going to be looking at the over in this spot. I set my total at a 158 and a half. Southeast Missouri State, number three in the country in terms of total possessions per game. This team is looking to run it. They are looking to gun it. And they're a team that doesn't do a great job on the glass. They're outside of the top 270 in terms of rebound rate, which means that you should have some second chances here for Texas A&M Corpus Christi's 83rd. And my right up here, that is going to be on Corpus Christi laying the points. I set them as a six and a half point favorite. Corpus Christi, 28th in the country in terms of steals force on a per-possession basis. You've got someone in Tara Murdix who's been able to do a nice job. 13.5 points, 4.5 boards, 5.5 assists. He's 2.3 steals per game. as 17th at all of college basketball. Isaac Mushala is by far the best rebounder in this game. 14.5 points, 9.5 boards for a Texas A&M Corpus Christi team that, as a whole, they shoot 36.8% from three-point range. They are 37th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Southeast Missouri State, outside the top 125 in terms of both points scored and points allowed on a per-possession basis. They also don't have a single guy that gives you north of five rebounds per game. Kobe Clark won out about 15 games ago, and this team has not really been able to pick up the pieces ever since then. Chris Harris, Phil Russell, good backcourt duel for Southeast Missouri State, combined for about 33.5 points. Russell does give you five assists per game, but against a Corpus Christi team that does a good job of generating swipes, 13 turnovers per game, that's a little bit less than sightly for Southeast Missouri State. You've got Philip Russell shooting 36% for three, but he is the only of their top five scorers and shoots more than 31.7% from three-point range. Israel Barnes hasn't necessarily been able to light it up. I do think that this is a relatively rough matchup for a Southeast Missouri State team that has to go up against the Corpus Christi bunch that they've been here, they've done that. They were at the NCAA tournament and in Dayton a season ago. It's been an up-and-down Southeast Missouri State defense has allowed north of 80 points in three out of their last five games coming in. I think that Corpus Christi going to be able to take advantage of the fact that Southeast Missouri State just doesn't do a great job with their offense. I think that they win from within, generate some turnovers, and in a tight game, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, best free throw shooting team in the field at 80%. My write-up, that is going to be laying the points with the Corpus Christi, made them a 6.5 point favorite. Semi-total 158 and a half. It's also looking over. 7-0-1, 7-0-2. This is the battle of playing game winners that were pretty much a part of the last four in. Mississippi State and Pittsburgh do battle from Dayton. Mississippi State, a 2-0-2.5 point favorite with your total between 132.5 and 133.5. You've seen this total go up a little bit. I set my total in the middle at a 133. Honestly, I would rather have a 132.5 over rather than a 133.5 under, despite the fact that got a Mississippi State team that, let's call it what it is, they're dead last in the field and in all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage, but they do go up against the Pittsburgh team that's outside the top 100 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Pittsburgh right around 140th in the country in opponent's three-point shooting percentage. Pittsburgh, a relatively mid-tempo team, 
and Mississippi State should be able to do a good job of being able to crash the glass. As you've been able to have Tolu Smith give you about 14 points, 8 rebounds per game. Mississippi State, a top 15 team in the country. In terms of rebound rates, a percentage of their misses that they're able to get a second opportunity on to Sean Davis. I like his game. He gives you 8 points. Really the only guy on the roster that's able to give you some 3-point shooting. Meanwhile, for Pittsburgh, Greg Elliott has been shooting right around 40% from 3-point range. He does a rock solid job of being able to give the team right around 10 or so points per contest. You've been able to get good production out of Nelly Cummings to Jamarius Burton doing out the ball. Burton 15.5 points, 4.5 assists, not a great 3-point shooter. Cummings 4.8 assists at 2.2 turnovers while shooting 35% from 3-point range. Blake Hinson 15.5 points, 6 rebounds per game. And these teams come in relatively polar opposites as Pittsburgh has allowed at least 78 points at each other last 5 games. Mississippi State may have allowed in regulation north of 72 points just 3 times all season long. Something's got to give, but if things are even remotely close, you know that you're going to be getting that late game falling, which is why I'd rather have a 132.5 over rather than a 133.5 under of Mississippi State. I think that they win from within. I do think that they do a good job of crashing the glass, and I do think that defense wins the day in this one. So I may tell them 133, so looking at a 132, 132.5 over, and I'm willing to lay up to 2.5 with Mississippi State. Now we go to the NIT games. This begins out there in Washington, 673, 674 on the betting board. It is Eastern Washington in the red face off against Washington State. Washington State between a 10 to a 10.5 point favorite. Totals ranging quite a bit. It's anywhere between a 150 and a 152. And regardless of if you've got a 150 or if you've got a 152, I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. As a matter of fact, I set my total at a 139. Maybe I'm just low on this, but Washington State is a bottom 25 team in the country. In terms of total possessions per game, I really don't understand when we've got a 150 total. I recognize that Eastern Washington, by no means a stalwart on defense, hovering right around 200th in the country. It turns points allowed on a per-possession basis, but Washington State has actually been able to do a relatively solid job with their defense at home. They're overall 117th in the country. It turns points allowed on a per-possession basis, but they're also surrendering right around 12.3 points fewer per 100 possessions when they are at home, and this is a little bit of a payback spot. We saw this matchup during the non-conference portion of the season. In that game, Washington State was able to roll, and they were able to roll very handily as Eastern Washington loses 82-56. to Now, that was a game that was on more of a neutral court in Spokane, but, I mean, that's a total that was at 138. In that game, Eastern Washington just couldn't hit anything. They shot 32% from the floor, and let's call it what it is. That's a game from November, but... I just don't understand where this big of a total is coming from. Now, Washington State, squad that's able to shoot it relatively well from three-point range. As a collective, they're shooting right in the neighborhood about 36.5% from three-point range. Eastern Washington, they shoot right around 36% from the outside end. For Eastern Washington, out of your top six scores, five of them do give you north of four rebounds per game. Angelo Ogieri and Isachi suffer 13.5 points, 5.5 boards, 3.5 assists. Tyrese Davis, Four boards, three and a half assists, ten points per contest. He shoots 40% from three-point range. You've been able to get really good contributions just up and down from the Cecil Washington team. And then you've got Steel Venters, one of the best names in all of college basketball, being able to supply you with 15 points per game. Flip side, you do have TJ Bamba, who's been able to do a very nice job for this Washington State team as he's been able to supply the team with right around 16 points per game. Washington State does a better job of taking care of the ball when they are at home as well. They have been turning the ball over 12 times for contests with with their relatively slow tempo, that's not necessarily the world's greatest, but they were able to rein it in last few weeks of the regular season, and then they are going to have the best rebounder in this game, Mohamed Gay. 14 points, 8.5 rebounds per game. Is this a Washington State team that, all in all, relatively good rebounding team at home? Going to be a game where you're not going to get a ton of possessions. Eastern Washington, a relatively mid-tempo team in the big sky. Washington State, a very slow team. Uh, the Pac-12, I did set my line at 9. I do think that Eastern Washington by committee is going to be able to do a good job of rebounding in. I know that the game was from November, but I'm sure that losing by 20-plus in Spokane does not sit well with the team, and I do think that they're going to shoot better than right around 31.5% from the floor, so 
a circumstance where I'm going to be willing to take the points with the East of Washington, by the way. And first game, Washington State shot 15 of 30 from three-point range. I don't see Lightning striking twice, so going to be taking a look at the points with the East of Washington. Made them a nine-point underdog. Some my total 139, so also diving under. 675, 676 on the betting board. Wisconsin plays Osa Bradley. Bradley's a two-and-a-half to a three-and-a-half-point underdog with your total between 127 and 127.5. I did set Wisconsin as a three and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay up to three with them. With some of these teams that come from power conferences, you have to fear the motivational spot. I do think that Greg Gard is going to have his guys up for it. Now, the big challenge for Wisconsin is going to be going up against Malevi Leons along with Rink Mass. Both of these guys have size and versatility combined for 25 points, right around 13.9 boards. They both shoot between 35.5 and 36.5% from three-point for a Bradley team that they do a good job with their defense. And Bradley, a super slow, super grimy team. They are outside the top 250 in terms of total possessions per game. Bradley, 21st in the country in terms of points allowed on a purpose basis, but Bradley gives up 17 more points per 100 possessions when they do leave home, and for Wisconsin, defense has been there for them all season long. In regulation, they have given up 70 points or fewer in now 12 out of their last 14 games, so I mean, they've got that on lock. Just the problem has been being able to generate offense as in regulation, they've gotten past the 64-point plateau just twice in their last six games as well. You've got a Wisconsin team that does have Chucky Epburn, Connor Seijan in the backcourt. They're both giving between 11.9 and 12 points per contest, and they combine to shoot about 40% from three. Good versatility out of Stephen Carl Tyler Wall to be able to match up with Mass and Leons. Both guys give you two and a half assists per game. They both supply 11 and a half points per game with between 6.4 and 7 rebounds per game. But what you need more of is someone like a Max Kleesman, who's only giving you right around 8 points per game, though. He does shoot 39% from three-point range. And you've got a Wisconsin team that does a good job of not turning the ball over. They only turn the ball over right around 8.5 times per game in terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis. A top-five team in all of college basketball. Now Duke Dean has been able to do a solid job on the flip side. 2.9 assists per game. And both of these teams really don't do a good job at the free-throw line. Bradley shoots 66.9% at the free-throw line. Got a Wisconsin bunch at they shoot 67% at the free-throw line. It's a very interesting circumstance where I did set Wisconsin as a favorite of 3.5 points. It really does stand out to me that Bradley's defense does take so much of a fall-off when they are on the road. So it is a spot where I'm going to be willing to trust Wisconsin. Both of these teams with their slow, grimy style, I think that they're going to have a tough time putting the ball in the basket. Semi-total 123.5, so diving under and willing to lay up to three with Wisconsin. 677-678 on the bang board. Villanova, it's the road face-off against Liberty. Liberty opened up a one-half point favorite. They're now between a three to a three-and-a-half point favorite in your total between 137 and 137.5. I did set my line at one-and-a-half for Liberty. I originally made Villanova the favorite, but Villanova currently going through some injuries as currently you've got Cam Whitmore along with Justin Moore, both being game-time decisions. I think you're probably going to be getting an RDO or Cam Whitmore, probably not going to play in this one. I think Moore is going to try to give it a try just because he's missed so much time already, but certainly had to downgrade Villanova because I pretty much took off 65% of the value that you've got with both of these guys, which is why currently we're landing on Liberty being a slight favorite. I had Villanova as a favorite a little bit earlier. You are going to have for Villanova, though, Eric Dixon along with Caleb Daniels. Both of these guys combined for 30 points, 11 rebounds per game, and they both shoot a ball from three. And this is a Villanova team that is very wise. They shoot 82% the free throw line, 10.2 turnovers per game. And you know that this is going to be a game that is not going to be involving a lot of possessions. For Villanova, they are outside the top 300 with regards to total possessions per game. Liberty is another team that's in the bottom 25 in terms of total possessions per game as well. So both of these teams are going to be looking to slow it down. And for Liberty, they've been able to do a relatively solid job with their defense, especially when they've been at home. In terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, this team is clocking in 28th in the country, allowing right around 12.8 points fewer per 100 possessions when they are at home. And for Liberty, they shoot a ball from three-point range. Jarius McGee, 22.5 points per game. One of the highest usage guys in all of college basketball. Three assists, 40% three-point shooter. Liberty is old, 10.3 turnovers per game, pretty much on par with Villanova. They shoot 37.5% from three-point range. What does stand out to me about Villanova, though, is that the defense was really able to kick it up towards back half of the season. 72 points or fewer 
in 11 out of their last 13 games. How much of that was with Moore back at the fold? And for Liberty, we did see them throttle down towards the back half of the season as well, giving up 67 points or fewer in three of their last four games. And they went up against some harebrained teams like Queens, like Eastern Kentucky, that they really looked to run it and gun it. We know that Villanova is not going to be doing quite as much of that. So I did set a lower total out of 127.5. This is going to be a very low possession game. I do think that Villanova is going to be able to hold in there. You've got a Liberty team with two guys that give you north of 3.6 rebounds per game as Joe Van Zandt along with Blake Preston have both been able to give you right around five or so rebounds per game. Preston, a little bit more of a true low post player. Meanwhile, with Van Zandt, He's able to pop a few threes, doesn't necessarily do so very well, though. And then I do like Kyle Rode, the point forward, 11 points, 3.5 boards, 3.5 assists per game. And if Villanova is without Whitmore and or Justin Moore, which I think that they're going to be without at least one of them, someone like uh, Joey Longino, so relatively solid guy who's able to give you some production. Brandon Housen is someone that I think could see some minutes in this one as well. So I am looking at the under. I think Villanova is much improved with their defense. And I now have Liberty as a favorite due to the ailments of Villanova, but I'm willing to take the points. Set my line at one and a half. So we'll take three to three and a half with Villanova and the under 679, 680 on the betting board. Rutgers is going to be playing us Hofstra. Hofstra is a seven to a seven and a half point underdog. Seeing straight six and a half out there as well. Your total, that is between 136 half and a 136. And I did set my total at a 129. Nine and a half. I'm diving under. It's a Rutgers team that has not been able to get anything going on offense. In nine out of their last 12 games, they have scored 62 points or fewer. Ever since Muat Mag has been out of the full, this Rutgers team has not been themselves. Now, Rutgers also won the best defensive teams in all of college basketball. In terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, number four in all of college basketball, this is a true home game, and they give up 20.7 points fewer per one hour possessions when they are at home rather than in a roadside shooter court environment. But Hofstra really kick it up with their defense as well. I recognize that in that overtime, game against UNC Wilmington. Things got a little bit nutty there, but for Hofstra, they gave up 71 points or fewer in pretty much 12 out of their last 14 games. They really improved on that side of things after a non-conference play. It was a little bit unsightly. And Aaron Estrada, he is just a go-getter. 20.5 points, 5.5 boards, 4 assists. This team is going to be a little bit decimated on the boards because you do have Cliff Amarui. He's been able to give you 13 points, 10 boards, right on 2 blocks per contest. And Rutgers, I do think, is one of those teams that is not going to be feeling sad for themselves that they missed out on the NCAA tournament. Steve Peichel, I think, is a good coach. You're bringing some like Cam Spencer began his career at Loyola, Maryland. This is better than what he got at Loyola, Maryland. 13 points, 3 assists, 2 steals per contest while shooting 42% per 3. Caleb McConnell generates 2.5 steals per game. And Rutgers, as a whole, they generate about 9 steals per contest while turning the ball over 11.5 times per game themselves. But Hofstra has done a relatively solid job taking care of the ball with just 10.5 turnovers per game themselves. Hofstra, a relatively mid-tempo team, right around 200th in the country in terms of total possessions per game and a big reason why they've been so wise with the ball. Joquan Carlos has been able to give you 6.5 points, 4.8 assists, 1.5 steals per game. He's been a really good linchpin guy for being able to get Darlson Dunbar to do what he does. 10 points, 5 boards, shoots 38% from 3. Tyler Thomas shoots 41.5% from 3. They all get freed up by Carlos doing a good job doling out the ball. I do think that this is going to be a rather controlled game. Rutgers, I think, is going to continue to struggle with their offense. Let's just call it like it is. So, I did set my total at 129 and a half with the way that Hofstra was able to improve upon their defense towards back out of the season. And the way that Rutgers without Muhammad has not been the same team on offense. I'm going to be willing to take the points with Hofstra, set them as a five and a half point underdog. Rutgers had to downgrade them big time with that injury. So, taking the points and taking a look at the under. 681, 682 on the betting board. Colorado is going to be playing us to Seton Hall. Seton Hall is an underdog of between four and four and a half points. Total is between 137 and a half and 138 and a half. Did set Colorado as a four and a half point favorite? I'm going to be willing to lay the four. Part of my handicap here is that Seton Hall is having to travel from the eastern part of the country all the way out to the mountain time zone. And doing that on relatively short notice, that does need to play a little bit of a factor, or else I would have this line probably a bit closer to three. So that is a big reason why I'm going to be willing to lay the four with Colorado. Colorado began the year playing at a breakneck pace out of conference. They were a top 40 team in terms of total possessions per game. Since the turn of the calendar, they've been outside the top 200 in terms of total possessions per game. Now, they do have two takeover guys in Tristan De Silva along KJ Simpson. They have been rock solid for the team all season long, giving you 16 points per game apiece. But Simpson, he's dealing with an injury right now. And you've also been having an ailment to Giovanni Hadley, who has not played really since the beginning of the month of February. So you're going to be looking at 
De Silva getting a lot of help from Luke O'Brien, who at six foot eight has really been able to do a nice job of being able to pound the boards. As he's given the team seven plus rebounds in three out of the team's last four games, he's been able to haul in their five plus rebounds in every single game since the beginning of the month of February. So he's formed himself into a nice player for this team. You've had Colorado dealing with an injury to Javon Ruffin throughout much of the year as well. I expect him to be uh, the fold. So you've got to be expecting a little bit more out of someone from a Nikwe. Clifford, who has been seeing more minutes towards back half of the season, had a nice double-double against Utah towards the beginning of the par- month of March. And for Senal, they're dealing with an injury of their own to Gidari Richmond. 10 points, 5 boards, 4 assists, 44% three-point shooter. I don't think that they're going to roll the dice and have them play in this game. For Senal, they do a solid job on the glass to Samuel. 11 points, 6 boards per contest. And then Casey Ndefu is able to give you just under 2 blocks, right around 8 points, 5 rebounds per game. Elmir Dawes and Dre Davis, they need to carry the offense. They combined to shoot about 40% for three-point range between the two of them. They do give you about 22.5 points per game, and for Seton Hall, they do a nice job with their defense. In terms of points, a lot on a per-possession basis. Ranks in the top 45 nationally, but they do give up right around 7.2 points more per one-hour possessions when they leave home, and for Colorado, they give up 11 points fewer per one-hour possessions when they are at home rather than in a roadside shoot record environment, ranking 30th in the country with this regard. So I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a slog of the game where both teams are going to have a tough time putting the ball in the basket. Both of these teams have been a little bit sloppy with the ball. For Seton Hall, they turned the ball over 14 times for contest, more around 13 and a half per contest for Colorado, but I do think that having to head to the mountain time zone, having to go to a little bit of elevation, it is going to take it out of Seton Hall, and I do think that both of these offenses are going to struggle. So my total 130 and a half dive and under, and with Colorado willing to lay up to four with them, 683, 684 on the betting board Vanderbilt, they are going to be playing out to Yale. Yale's between a three to a four-point underdog, and your total anywhere between a 147 and a 146 and a half, and I think that this is too high of a total. I set mine at a 138. I'm going to be looking under. Now, Vanderbilt, defense has not been the strong suit of this team all season long, especially with having Liam Robbins. There's seven footer that was given them right around 13 or so points, six boards and three blocks per contest being out of the fold as overall for the season. Vanderbilt 266th in the country. Turns points a lot on a per possession basis. You know who does play defense though? Yale. 19th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis and in a roadside shoot record environment in the top 15 with this regard. And I do think that Yale is going to be able to hold in there. I recognize that Vanderbilt had a nice run of things in the SEC. SEC really didn't have a lot of jump shooting and they still had those unsightly defensive numbers. So I think that this is a situation of wrong team favorite. I did say Yale as a two-point favorite as a result. So I'm going to be willing to take them on the money line. We've seen plenty of upsets in the uh, NIT in recent years as for Yale, you don't have that one guy that is necessarily going to be able to dominate things. But what you do have is very good team rebounding as you've got six different guys that give you at least three rebounds per game. John Polidikas has really been able to rise up as a go-to scorer here in the back half of the season. 14 plus points in three of the team's last four games, shooting 41% from three-point range. You've got EJ Jarvis, Matt Nolan combined for 25 and a half points, right around 10 boards. Jarvis able to shoot 43% from three as a nice six-foot eight combo player. So I do like the way that Yale's able to put it together there. And Yale, not too fast of a team. They're well outside the top 200 in terms of total possessions per game. Vanderbilt very much a mid-tempo team that they shoot it okay from three at 34%. The guy that really does stand out to me is Miles Stute. He's a six foot seven, little bit of a combo player. Shoots 36% from three, eight and a half points per game, but he's been very inconsistent as in the last four games, he has had three points or fewer in four of them. So when you've seen a big fall off there, you've got Justin Wright, Tyron Lawrence. These two guys have been really your two scores, especially Lawrence down the stretch. He's had 16 plus points in each of the team's last five games, shooting overall for the season 39.5% from three in his home games for Wright. 11 points, 5 boards, a steal per game, but it's a Vanderbilt team that they don't necessarily put a lot of pressure on opponents. They only do turn the ball over 10.8 times for contest. That's a good mark. Yale, though, they turn the ball over 11.2 times per game, and Yale's already face off against an SEC team. They went to Rupp Arena. They battled Kentucky very tough a little bit earlier in the season. This is the Yale bunch that has been able to do a little bit of an up-and-down job with their defense recently, but their offense has been clicking. They've gotten to at least 75 
35 points in four of their last five games. I do think that they're going to push Vanderbilt a little bit out of sorts. A Vanderbilt team that has been a tad bit better with their defense as well. 73 points for Fierce Render in three out of their last five games. But I do think that having out the full Liam Robbins is going to take a toll on Vanderbilt. I do think that Yale and their defensive rebounding approach is going to be big. I do think that Yale is going to force Vanderbilt into some tough shots. And Vanderbilt isn't even the greatest shooting team in the world. I think that this is a big step-up spot for Yale. I think that they step up. Set my total 138. I trust in the Yale defense. Looking under, I'm taking Yale outright on the money line. Set them as a two-point favorite. 685, 686 on the betting board. Michigan is going to be playing us to Toledo. Toledo opened up a 7.5-point underdog. Now we're finding this between 6 and 6.5. Toledo's game is between 161.5 and 162.5. I set my line at 157. Diving under, you've got a relatively mid-tempo team in Michigan. A team in Toledo that ranks in the top 80 in terms of total possessions for Amy Toledo. Top 3 team in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. And I mean, we talk about motivational spots. Toledo has everything in the world to play for after they got bounced from the NIT early last Last year, Michigan is probably feeling like, what the heck, we missed out on the NCAA tournament. I like Toledo outright on the money line. Typically, you don't find me taking a bunch of underdogs of five plus points outright on the money line, but I said Toledo as a one point favorite. Toledo does a really good job with their team rebounding as each of their top five scores give you at least 3.9 rebounds per game. Cedric Milner Jr. along JT Shoemate, they've been able to combine for 32 points, 11 and a half rebounds. They both shoot north of 40% from three. They're going to be able to match up with Hunter Dickinson, who's been incredible. 18.5 points, 9 boards, she's 43.5% from 3. Wouldn't be surprised if we see perhaps Jet Howard be out of the fold. Right now, I'm planning as if he is going to be in, but that'd be a little bit of an added bonus because you may recall Jet Howard was dealing with some injuries towards back half of the season as well. Someone who stands right around 6 foot 8, 14 points per game, she's 37% from 3. He's been dealing with off and on soreness all season long. You've got a guy like a Kobe Bufkin in the backcourt who's solid 13.5 points. He gives you 3 assists per game, and Michigan, good at not turning the ball over. 10.2 times for contest is what they turn it over at, but Toledo, a top five team in terms of ball security as well. They play faster and they only turn the ball over 9.8 times per game. They as a collective shoot 39.5% from three, 77.5% at the free throw line. Toledo, very much lacking on defense. They are outside the top 250 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, but let's call it what it is. This Michigan team is not too terrific on defense as well. 113th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis as well. It is a Michigan team that comes in having allowed at least 75 points before their last five games. Full disclaimer, there were four overtime sessions in there, so there is that, but you're also able to downgrade their offense as a result as well. Michigan, they've already lost to a MAC team at home in Central Michigan, who was terrible. I mean, Toledo mopped the floor with Central Michigan this year. Michigan lost to them at home, so I mean, there is that little bit of a factoid as well. I don't take that into too much of account, but I mean, wilder upsets have happened than Toledo being able to knock off Michigan. Just look at Michigan this year. You've got Joey Baker, who does nothing but pop threes. You've got a Toledo team that d- doesn't necessarily have the world's greatest depth, but Ray J. Dennis, he's able to take over a game. 19.5 points, 5.7 assists, 1.5 seals per game. He might be the best guard out there on the floor. Toledo just offers a brand of basketball that Michigan has not seen in quite some time, and I think it's going to take it out of them. I did something I told 157. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower possession game, and certainly Michigan has more size than what Toledo is typically going to find in the max, so I'm going to be willing to go under. But Toledo made them the one-point favorite. I'm going to be willing to take them out right on the money line, and we do wrap things up with 687, 688 on the betting board. UAB is going to be playing us to Southern Miss. Southern Miss, a 909.5 point underdog. Total saying between 154.5 and 155.5. I said my total 146. UAB, a top 20 team in terms of total possessions per game, but I'm taking the under because Southern Miss has done a good job of being able to rip the ball away, and this Southern Miss team is no joke when it comes to their defense. 63rd in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Not a team that's looking to run in and gun it. They've been playing at a very mid-tempo pace all season long, and I'm going to be willing to take the points. I set this line at 8. Jordan Jelly Walker is going to want to put on a show in this one. He's been one of the top scorers in all of college basketball this season. 23.5 points, 4 assists. She's 39.5% from three-point range. He was injured in the month of January. Came back, looked very solid, but you've got also a UAB team that they do turn the ball over right around 12.5 times per game. They can be a little bit lax with their defense in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. You've got a Blazers team that's right around 57th, and I will say this about UAB. Defense has been significantly better at home than it has been on the road, giving up about 10.9 points fewer per one-hour possessions at home. K.J. Buffin, Trey Jemison, they combined for 15 rebounds. They've been 
will give you a combined 19 and a half points. So Jemison is able to give you two blocks per game, but for a Southern Miss, they've got good versatility with their big men. DeAndre Pickney, Felipe Haas, they're both right around six foot eight, six foot nine. They've been able to combine for 28.2 points. A between the two of them, 13 rebounds. Haas shoots 40% from three. Pinkney more around 34% from the outside. And Haas is able to give you three assists per game. And it is a Southern Miss team that they've been able to generate nearly eight and a half steals per game. They get back Neftali Alvarez, who helps dole out the ball. Eight points, three assists. You've got Mo Arnold, who's able to give you three assists. Lots of good ball handling for the Southern Miss team, as they've got to be one of the few teams in all of college basketball that has four separate guys that give you at least 2.7 assists per game with Austin Crawley being one of those guys who supplies 16 points, shoots 36% from three-point range. I like the way that Southern Miss has traveled all season long. Their defense has been very solid, and for UAB, their defense was able to rise up towards the back half of the season as well. If you take out the double overtime game against Charlotte, in which that was very harebrained, that was very crazy, they did allow fewer than 70 points in three out of their last four games as well. So I do think that you know, be starting to rise up a little bit more with their defense. I do think that Southern Miss is going to be able to get this game slowed down quite a bit. They were able to do a good job of that in Conference USA all season long. So it is a total that I did set at a 146. I'm going to be one to dive under. I think that Southern Miss, with their versatility, with their good three-point shooting forwards, is going to be able to keep them lively in this game. So by line at eight, I'm going to be one to take nine plus here with Southern Miss and the under. And that will wrap things up for the Tuesday edition of Coast to Coast Seeps now part of the Beeson family of podcasts. A big thanks to Justin Perry over at Chalk Quality Bets for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Seeps, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Sit and tune in. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNRSquare D1. Keep in mind letters EM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. Here about fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the college basketball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.